This is Comic Fix by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Good good evening, Jason Glick. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing just, just fine, John. It's another hot October night, which we didn't used to have, but, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like we happened right now. Yeah, Southern California had that big storm that came through. Well, big. We'll put that in quotes. Um, that's how our weather forecasters told us that it would be. It would be big, but it wasn't really that big. It was kind of scattered. No problem, and so we had, we enjoyed cool temperatures for like what three days, and then and then we got sunshine. Lots. Yeah, of it, it actually <laughs> fooled me. It actually fooled me into bringing my jacket to work one day, uh-huh. and you know that was that was about the extent of its its impact. Gotcha. So what do you have on tap for us tonight, sir? Okay, well I've got see I've got a series that um, I've been picking up at um, like volume by volume at Comic Con for. For a while, for a while now, but um, I've never actually like, gotten gotten around to, uh, to like, you know actually actively collecting. And this is this series is called um, "Lock and Key" by um, writer Joe Hill and artist Gabriel Rodriguez. Now, series now the series could like um, obviously could really come off as like a, a young adult type um, supernatural fantasy. I mean, you've got these kids, these kids come um, come to the old family home in Lovecraft, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, and um, like. Finding out that this home has all these like fantastic keys around them, ones that allow you to like go through doors and turn into ghosts, to turn into animals, to unlock your head and um take um int- like um take take um personality traits and memories out and swap swap them around, um key like keys that like, can mend things, and um all sorts of like weird fantastic stuff. But you know it's like Joe Hill isn't isn't that kind of writer. Joe Hill is is one who it's like this is this is a very Dark, scary, scary adult fantasy about the perils, about the perils of childhood and the tra- transitions to to adult adulthood, and just why it's sometimes like very scary for ki- people to remain kids forever, especially if you're just if you're a kid who's been like taught has your spirit tossed into a well um, back in 1988, and now you're just like trying to figure out how the hell to get back um, get and open the door that's going to bring all your um, Cthulhu-esque um, friends out from the other side. Yeah, so, so, but um, but Lock and Key starts starts off in a, uh, it's like in a in a relatively low low key, in a, it's like not not really a, I don't want to say not quite low key, but just like not, but, but you've got um, it's like you've got the um, like the Lock family um comprised of um Father Rendell who is a school works as a school counselor, his wife, it's like his wife, um, and his kids uh, um tie. Tyler, Kinsey, and Bode. It's like, and they're, th- they're just like vacationing up. It's at their, their home in California, and um, they're greeted by one of, by one of um by Rendell's um like former students who basically um who is basically with this other psycho killer, and they're just and he winds up killing Rendell. Um, his wife gets wife gets raped, and the kids are just like um completely. I have their world completely shattered from there. This leads them back to um to rend- to the whole old family home in Lovecraft, Massachusetts, and uh, and to the um to, and to the home into the home with all the keys that are that are that have all these like uh, you know crazy functions I was that I was talking about earlier. Now it's like and, and from there it's like you know it's it just really involves you like a really inter- interesting supernatural thriller that, um that basically that basically shows you like you know hey it's like it's it's fun like. Like because the, these keys that I that, um have these um base, these um really really um fantastic functions like they can only 
only actually be seen by kids because that's we find out much later on that that's the way they were designed. That you know they want to be found by people who have who have no malice, who are essentially going to be um, just use them for just like crazy, crazy fun stuff. You know, like putting on like the best, the best school play, the best performance of of William Shakespeare's The Tempest ever. And um, that's you know that's that's a lot of that's fun. But but the thing is like the uh, that um that um Randall he just kind of really fucked things up um back back in his time. So now his kids are paying the price because while while we because um because while we get the um. Because while these, because while um, Ty, as well Tyler Kinsey and Bode are now trying to readjust to their, it's like to, to, to their surroundings, it's like they've also got to deal with um the kid who um was, who um who um, basically like um, causes his death um Sam Lesser he he comes back and he's all and um he wants to try and let's say and he want and he was trying to fulfill the mission that he was that he was given but the thing is though it's like he winds up. He wants being um, my fodder for the real supernatural threat. It's like the uh, the spirit that um that was that was essentially consigned to the uh, well to the well house in it's like at at the uh, at the key house the um the Locke family estate. So once this spirit gets out and assumes the name of um of Zach Wells and starts ingratiating himself into the into like it's like into the Locke the Locke family's life, like things just. It's like things just start getting getting weirder, weirder and weirder. But um, but it's also, but it's also like um, the story itself is actually is still um like really compellingly told because Hill, like uh, he's a great, it's like he he's he's a great job at defining defining his characters because while because while Tyler he could just come off as your stereotype stereotypical sullen jock. It's like he's, it's like we find out that he's really like an intelligent. This intelligent soul who cares about his family, and he's tormented by the fact that he had once had this brief encounter with um Sam, where he just said, "Oh yeah, it's like yeah," or and it's like, you know, I I wish I, my parents were dead too, and it's like it's like and Tyler goes, "Oh yeah, I wish you get the chance to go and kill my dad too," because like he's had just had a really bad encounter with, with him. So and he's just like carrying around this guilt that you know, hey, it's like I actually accidentally like you know set set Sam on this path to like to kill to kill our parents. Now his sister um. Kinsey, she, it's like she, like she was, she's much more trauma, traumatized by this, and she actually takes the uh, the big step um, in volume two when um get the head key, the key that allows you to open up your head and take out an insert um like insert things or personality traits. So she takes out her fear and her tears. She start because she's sick of being scared and she's sick of crying all this time. And while one hand that makes her like yeah she she like she's um. She's a little bit happier. I mean, she's she's glad she doesn't have to deal with this kind of stuff. But then it's like she re- like at least all sorts of cri- like all sorts of um, bad shit with her friends when she um causes like this huge this huge fight. It's like later on, it's like and Bode. Well, Bode's like your typical like um hyperactive six six year old, and he's a lot he's a lot of fun to watch because he'll gets you know like the, the the kind of like the weird kind of logic that kids have about how the Rules, rules of the world are just kind of like meant to be for them. How they apply to them, them in their own way, not it's like and not any, anyone else's. So, so it's so you get to see them, it's like them, the kids facing off against the, uh, the supernatural. Terror. It's like as Zach wages his secret war against them without them knowing for several volumes. But um, it's like and you, and you get like lots of lots of fun little fun like fun supernatural capers such as you know they're trying to. 
trying to like catch up on his reading by just putting in a whole like like a whole textbook into his head, but then finding out that hey, you know, like um, like understand like you know, it's it's not really like like understand. It's like there's no real shortcut to real understanding. Like you got yeah, I can summarize everything and repeat it all to you like um verbatim, but I don't actually understand like what like what Machiavelli Machiavelli was really saying in the Prince. So think and then um. And Ken, and like I said, with Kinsey, it's like it's seeing her. It's like well, she does come off as much stronger presence, but she also comes off as like much more colder and and uncaring as well, without her fear and and her tears. So when she does finally get it, get them back in a um truly disturbing sequence where they wind up in Tyler's head and he almost burns the house down as a result. It's like it's it actually winds up coming off as really as really satisfying and well, it's like and well meaning. But there's all but there's lots. But the series is, um, like I said, the series is very well written and very well planned out because there's a lot of crazy stuff in there that you know, like that's that's foreshadowed early on in like in in in, um, in the volumes and just doesn't play out un- until later. Such as um, like seeing the uh, the time shift key, the one that allows you to go back in time to any time before December thirty first, nineteen ninety nine, because their time machine didn't survive the white Y2K bug. So you've got to. And then you also got like Detective Mutuku, um, who um, who's investigating like the uh, some of the, some of the crimes that have taken that, that take place during this during the series. And um, you hear one point that he says, "Oh yeah, my mom had me like I've had I've had face down crazy all all my all the time during in Massachusetts. I had once I had face down like, like a tinfoil guy made a death ray out of tinfoil. I once had to take I had to take fencing lessons from my mom because she had a dream that I would be attacked by a man with a sword uh, at some point in the." some point in my life. <laughs> Guess what happens in volume four people. So that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of thing that it's, it's really, it, the series is really, is really well planned out. It's like, and um, to the point where like, once we get to volume five clockworks, which let me, let me put this in perspective, how much the series got to me after I got, after I read through volumes three and four, after getting in, in at Comic-Con, not only decided that to decide to like do a podcast on them, I decided fuck it up because the series is released um, first in hardcover and then a year later or so in softcover. I said, you know, fuck it, I'm going to go and get volume five right now, um, read it for the podcast and talk about it. So volume five, Clockworks, really fucking good because all the uh, stuff they were setting up early on, you get the payoff here. You fi- you get the uh, the history of the. Uh, of the uh, of, of the key house, like why there's all these crazy keys here. It's like what um Rendell's what um Rendell Locke and his friends um like who um you see who some of them you see at various points in the series, like how they wound up the way they are and why um Isaac like how he used to be um Rendell's friend um Lucas Caravaggio, but um and he used to be a really great guy, but then um Rendell did something really really fucking stupid. Like we're talking horror movie stupid here. That and um then things all went all went to shit. So but but um but the clock but Clockworks is a great payoff to um a lot to like four volumes of setup, and um and it really like leads away to like the final concluding volume Omega, which will become be ser- starting to be serialized next year. So as soon as that that hits hardcover, God knows I'm buying that as soon as it comes out because wow. And even though it's like it does the series does have a f- couple couple issues. One now this depending on your mileage, basically the fact that um that uh that um Hill is um kind of 
He's, he's, he likes to be really cute about um, some of the references he sneaks in for, to other things. Like, like I already mentioned that that takes place in Lovecraft, Massachusetts. And as Robert Crace notes in his introduction, you know, you, you when you're trying to rebuild your family life, you don't bring your family to fucking Lovecraft, Massachusetts, because you know it's Lovecraft, Massachusetts. God damn it! And you've also got and the uh, school that um, Tyler Kinsey and, and Kinsey were attending before things things got down was called um, Bill the Bill Gate. Was called Bill Gaines um, Academy or High School, and uh, Gaines was you know the publisher of these um, of the horror books that um, that led to the institution of the uh, Comics Code. But the um, really it's like the the, uh, the cutest and most like awful, so bad that it loops around to being awesome again. Is that in one particular one issue we get like a month in the life of the uh, of the Locke family, and we get to see all the crazy stuff that happens in the attack, and also the fact that uh, Tyler. He's, he's joined the hockey team, and he's facing off against the hockey team from Voorhees High. Voorhees High, people! Like a hockey team from Voorhees High. Man, if you've never seen, like, it's talking Jason Voorhees on Friday the 13th, and all the all the goalies on their, all the players on the team, they've got hockey masks on them. So it's, like I said, it's, it's ridiculous. And, you know, like, it's one of those things where, like, you, you want to, like, shake Hill and go, like, no, you should, no better than doing like this. But at the same time, you know, it's like he engenders such goodwill towards, with his storytelling and characterization that you kind of, like, don't think, okay, yeah, I, I guess it's kind of awesome. Like, it's like if it was someone, if, if the series wasn't so good, this would be, like, a terrible um, reference. But still, anyway, but, and also the, I will say, I'm just I like Clockworks. There were a couple things that, you know, it's like he's well, he's either holding off on, or like he just didn't. He's not bothering to explain how um, Lucas wound up in his spirit, wound up in the well, and um, and survived all these years when he clearly died. But you know, it's like that's. I would say I'm that this is spoilers, but no, 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 it's not spoilers at all. So, and um, now I also I will say that I did review the first volume way back, almost over two years ago. And uh, I mentioned that um, the, the artist for the series, Gabriel Rodriguez, um, he employs a very, like, a, like a car- somewhat cartoonist style. I mean, the characters, I mean, the characters are really expressive. They got bigger eyes and than your more realistically drawn um, com- comic book characters. It's like their the movements more exaggerated. The like style is a bit like is a bit bit more expressionistic. And um, it's like I that didn't grab me at first. At first. I was, you know, kind of hoping that he would employ his more realistic um, CSI style because, yes, I do. I did read the CSI comics that IDW published. You know, yeah, they were good. Fuck you. Anyway, it's like um, Rodriguez. It's like, you know, it's like it's it's like I have to admit that I I, I that was really a bad call on my part because it's like because um, as things go on, um, like he'll I mean, you know, Rodriguez's style like. Really, really grows on, grew on me. It's like you know, just seeing that, like I mean, this this big, this his this wild expressionistic, the, the, like the look of the, it's like just like the weird, weird supernatural stuff that goes on here. Um, Rodriguez really gets that, and even though it's not quite scary, there are some really creepy scenes, like seeing like seeing this goat, um, like start chanting Cthulhu-esque, um, like um, rantings, um, it's like it's being sucked into the portal. It's like that no one wants to go, no, go in it go went into it's like and it's like and he's also got like just, it's like and also like when like the violence happens i mean like you, you've got these cartoonish character i mean you don't expect you know like really like 
gory, violent stuff to happen to them. So when it does, it's like it's that much more Like when the character face smashed halfway in, it's like in volume five, it's like, oh, it's nasty. And he's also, and he also has some nice stylistic um, departures, such as the um, Bill Watterson um, homage in vol- Volume Four, where he, or for the entire, he doesn't, they do an entire issue, in, like in four pa- in four panels, like from top to bottom, with the um, sides being broken off into like images relating to the uh, to the story. So it's really, um, it's like, so overall, it's like, I mean, I was, I, like I said, it was a bad call about. About his style in the first first volume, but it's, it's it really grows on me. I can understand that, like you know some people might say, yeah, it's a bit it should like this is horror. It should be realistic. It should be scared to be like you know like like um detailed to the point where you can see all the uh, all the bones and the guts you know pointing up like I'm um, sticking out from all from all the killings. But no, it's like um Hills. I mean, no, it's Rodriguez's guy. Why do I keep messing up on that? Um, Rodriguez's work um fits the story. Um, extremely, extremely well, and um, overall, it's like, like I said, the series. I said I it took it did take me a while to warm up to the series. Like like volume one was just kind of like okay, it's yeah, it's a lot of setup. Volume two, yeah, okay, not not too bad. Volume three, volume four, okay, yeah, now I'm bored, and it's gonna be like six volumes total, and um, so overall, it's like yeah, I I do I do thoroughly. Rec- Really recommend this series, and um, I also want Nelson does make me want to check out some of um, Joe Hill's um, other work. So, so, so even then, it's like even though I know the series is it's heading to its conclusion, um, and I can't can't wait to see how it is. I still hope this is like certainly not the last we see from Hill in comics form, and I know he's working with uh, he's got some other um, stuff with uh, with IEW um, out out right now, but still, it's like you know this is going to be his. Like, you know, it's like as much as I like to say this is be his, be his magnum opus, it, it was still his first major comics work. So that thing after this, he he whoops out something even better. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. John, any thoughts? Um, no, actually. Uh. Um, <laughs> I mean, it all sounds pretty interesting. However, um, I'm I'm interested to see the style. I haven't actually seen this, and yeah, I probably could Google it right now, but I don't want to interrupt our little connection here. So, um, but yeah, the uh, um, yeah, the whole thing about the bigger eyes, I don't know how much of an effect that would have on me. I think that that would be all right, frankly. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's just, like I said, I mean, it's not like, the eyes aren't like, like I said, they're not like, like distractingly huge, but I just want to like, it's kind of like, that's something that I always like, like um, I look at whenever I see that always catches my attention. Whenever I see these, uh... huh. well, this is interesting. What was that? You know, I'm looking at a a particular image from volume from volume five here, and I just realized that you know, there's just because the thing about the uh, the door that no one's supposed to go into, the one that has all these Cthulhu horrors mm. behind, um. Well, it's cl- it's clearly obvious that um, that Lucas um, looked at it and he becomes going um, the huge bad guy for all this. I, I suddenly realize now that um, as I just flip to this, you know, just look to get another idea for the eyes. I looked at someone else also looked into the door as well. Interesting. Well, this is gonna come back. I gotta tell my buddy, my buddy John, about this. Uh-huh. So, um, 
Okay, so yeah, that's so yeah. Like I said, when, when I say that, like, that he'll he got, he's got the series planned out. Um, yeah, this is this is what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> oh man, and that point isn't even being serialized yet. It's gonna come out next year. <laughs> well, all right, and with that, um, we'll call it a we'll call it an evening for the uh, for the podcast here tonight, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yes, we will. It's like I'm talking about um, the order of the stick and maybe some of the Kickstarter-related stuff I've been investing in. All right, fantastic. Thank you for joining us, everyone. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye.